it was awesome just to like something that I had experienced in Mexico, something I had learned and been able to see it transferred here with the people that I've known for several years and be able to have that quiet time with them was just very special, it was very intimate. Yeah, just a really unique experience. It was awesome and I loved it. This is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church in Franklin, Indiana, where we explore how the local church fits in with the global church and how the kingdom is at work on a local level. Current Church meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear in Franklin and exists to encounter God, equip the church, and engage the world. We believe that whatever God is going to accomplish in this world, He is going to do through the church Big C. These are our stories and the testimony of the power of God in everyday lives. Find out more at currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Now here's your host, Jeremy. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, I was not invited this year to the fall retreat for WAC, Women at Current Church, W-A-C-C. When the ladies got back, we heard about a message brought forth by the preacher named Michael. We've had Michael Fiesel on the Big C Little C podcast before, live from Mexico in Mazatlan. Her Facebook page for support and updates is Michael from Mazatlan. Search that on Facebook. She's home right now. I made the mistake during the recording of saying that she was a missionary on the bench. That's clearly not the case. She's a missionary in a different space right now. We are glad to have her. Uh, Becky Fiesel, her mother, kind of ran down the bullet points for us of her whack retreat message a couple weeks ago. But I wanted to dig in a little bit further. And I also was accompanied by a special guest co-host this week. You'll know her when you hear her. But we get an update from Michael and a little bit of preaching. Thanks for listening. For anybody who wants real background, go back and listen to the July 2018 episode with Michael Fiesel. She was on Google Hangout. So there were, did you ever listen to it? There was, uh, yeah, there were some dropouts, <laughs> but it was, we got the gist of it. We learned a lot about you that day for people who um, didn't realize how talkative you can be. <laughs> like me, it was a blessing. Did you know that? Alicia, yeah. Alicia's oh, the yeah. co-host, by the way. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I, well, I didn't know it. One of the things that was surprising to me is that when you got down to Mazatlan for the DTS. You said you realized quickly you didn't have a solid relationship with God at all. And I think you even said you didn't really even know God. And so you walked us through some of that. You talked about what you learned about yourself as an artist and your role as an artist and making art with a pure heart was one thing that stood out to me. And then when we left you, you were um, pioneering a ministry on base. We don't have to necessarily go there if we don't want to, but you did share with us about compassion yeah, a little bit. So you were clearly growing into your role as a leader. Again, that was summer of 2018. After that, I'm doing all the talking. I don't know why, <laughs> but I'll turn it over to you in a minute. But um, after that, you went to Panama, yeah. where you even evangelized in Spanish. 
Yeah. Which isn't a prayer request for you to learn Spanish. Then you started working in the hospitality department. These are my notes from your newsletter. Okay, yeah, yeah. But then we saw you at the holidays last year. Then you had the back injury. So maybe mm-hmm. we'll pick it up there. The things that God taught you through the back injury and the miracles that he worked with your next outreach. Let's, let's go from there. Okay. Yeah, I hurt my back in January, and that was probably, like, one of the hardest things that I ever went through. I think that it was um, one of the most, like, defining moments in my relationship with God because it was, like, so hard. Like, the hardest, like, I've gone through, like, lots of different things in my life, but this, for me personally, was the hardest um, just because, like, I was trying to, like, do everything that God was asking of me, like, living out of the country and doing things that I don't necessarily like, like folding laundry every single day and not living in my apartment without air conditioning. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing all this to sacrifice and do everything that God's asking me to do. And then, then I hurt my back, which was, I did that by, I don't, I picked up a baby, <laughs> a really heavy baby. <laughs> the heaviest baby. Yeah. The heaviest baby in the world. Huge. He was really cute. He was like really big chubby cheeks. And I just like, I really wanted to pick him up. So I did. And then like, as soon as I picked him up, I like was like in excruciating pain. It was, it was the day after my birthday and we were having like a celebration for my birthday. And so I was like, okay, like as soon as it hurt, I was like, I put him down and I like, went and sat down. And then once I sat down, I couldn't get up. And ended up going to the hospital, and well, that was so dumb, the hospital. Because, <laughs> I, I don't know, it's just different going to a hospital in a foreign country and trying to communicate and tell them, like, like no, don't do that. Like, that hurts, and I need to get out of this van, but I can't walk. And the nurse is just like, why don't you just get out of the van? I'm like, oh, because I can't. <laughs> I was so mad at that. But, um, yeah, and then, like, after, like, four days in the hospital, finally found out that it was a herniation, and, um, yeah, and, like, after I found that out, I was like, that doesn't make this so dumb. Like, I just picked up a baby. He only weighed, like, 20 pounds. I don't understand why that, like, the doctors were like, um, did you get in an accident? Did you, like, fall? Like, like what happened? I was like, I just picked up a baby. And they're like, mm, that's not what happened. I'm like, well, it, it, that is what happened, actually. <laughs> they're like, yeah, that doesn't make sense for your age and that kind of thing. It's a very Mexican hospital experience. Yeah. That, that's not what happened. <laughs> yeah. And the doctor's like, no, that's not true. I'm like, oh, were you there? <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I started questioning God and I was like, I don't... <laughs> Like, I don't understand, like, I'm doing, like, everything that you ask of me, and then this happens, and now I can't even, I can't even, like, stand all the way, and I'm in so much pain, and, but I'm, like, sacrificing everything that I have to be here to do everything that you're asking of me. That doesn't make sense. So then I kind of started questioning God's goodness, and I was like, I don't understand how a good God would allow something like this to happen, and yeah, it was really hard. I was probably stuck in that mindset for, like, maybe three months. And I started seeing a counselor and she was like, hey, you should just like talk to God and read your Bible. And I'm like, I'm kind of mad. So I don't really want to. <laughs> <laughs> and before I had hurt my back, I found out about some people who are going to Nepal from the base. And I've been wanting to go to Nepal for a while, for uh, probably two years before my DTS. I like had like this weird tug, like, oh, I, I kind of want to go to Nepal. And so I was planning on going this trip and then I hurt my back and I was like, well, the trip is like, I hurt my back in January. The trip was in May. And I was like, I think like maybe by five months later, I should probably be okay. 
And then the date started getting closer and closer, and I was still in so much pain. I was going to physical therapy, and it wasn't working. I was on a ton of medicine, and it wasn't helping me. It was making me mad because I was taking so many pills. And I, yeah, I was, like, crying out to God. I was like, this is so dumb. I hate this. I want to go to Nepal, but I can't because I can't sit on a plane for 20 hours. It was a building trip. I can't build. And... Yeah, I was just, like, so frustrated with God. And I was like, so I'm just, I'm not going to go to Nepal. And then I was, like, really sad. And I was like, well, I'm not going to Nepal. I don't get it. I still want to go. But, like, I just can't. And so I told the person who was leading, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to go. Because it's, like, with my health, I just can't do the things that need to be done. So then, but I was still really sad. (laughs) So. So I asked God again. I was like, okay, God, like, I still obviously want to go. What do you think? What do you, like, I probably have it in this notebook. Talk, like, me, like, why? Why do I still feel like I need to go to Nepal? What do I do? Is that your real-time journal there? Yeah, it is. Um, Treasure trove. It is. This is 2019 notebook. Mm. You're getting close to the end. I am. I've put a goal in here. Actually, I started this in 2018 when I was doing my art journal. But uh, then I picked it up again at the beginning of the year. I have it. Um, where is it? But it says it has my 2019 goals mm. in the beginning. And one of them is to finish this notebook. Um, I have, like, uh, my parents come to Mazatlan, and I, like, wrote the date for that. Um, adopt a dog. I wanted to adopt a dog, so I wrote the date on that. And um, watch my one of my best friends get married and I did that this year and I think Nepal is on here as well so that's kind of cool and then like yeah shortly after I started this then my back started hurting so most of this is me like being super pissed at God and <laughs> so a lot of psalms like material in there yeah lots of, of angry psalms <laughs> angry psalms <laughs> um, you're not the first yeah so then want to see specifically because like we're going to kind of talk about it in the honey thing um well i think it's good that you're talking about your journal right now and just the role that has played and looking back because that's a big part of what we talked about at the women's retreat yeah um but also it's just been a big transformational thing for you from what you've told me just about you know writing things down and then hearing from god writing what he says and then writing a response back and just how much that's changed your spiritual life. So I think it's really cool that you're getting to the end of one of those these books so that you can move on to the next chapter. Yeah. So I have this. It's from March 27th of this year. And it's like, I'm just like, I've never felt like I couldn't make a decision before. And I'm like really struggling about what to do for this Nepal trip. I don't have any money. My back hurts all the time my my dog at the time was like absolutely a terrible dog and like peed everywhere and chewed everything up so I was like gonna have to leave my dog for a month if I went on this trip and I was like but I don't understand because I have like this crazy intense like like heart for it and everyone thinks that I should go and some people at home say I shouldn't because of my health and so I just don't really know what to do so God what do you say and uh, I was just like listening and I God told me he said I need you to go and I need you to trust me And I was like, okay, well, that's weird because I don't really trust you because I was going through all that Mm -hmm. stuff with my back. And I was like, it's really hard to trust you, especially when I'm constantly in pain. He's like, yeah, but that's when it's most important for you to trust me. And I was like, okay, I'll go. So that's in March, and I leave in May. So it's a month 
less than a month later we left on like may 8th or something and then god like provided like crazy and i got like all my tickets one person donated and i was able to buy my tickets with that and i found really cheap tickets it was really crazy and i got all my money for that and i was like okay obviously god really wants me to go on this trip and yeah so i went to nepal i didn't have my phone because i accidentally left it at the airport (laughs) which is really dumb (laughs) i felt so stupid when that happened i was like oh i can't believe i left my phone there it's probably stolen now but anyway so i didn't have my phone for the whole month that i was in nepal and it was just really an opportunity to like like i got really bored while my friends were listening to music and stuff so i read my bible a lot and i was working through the story of david because that's what my counselor told me to do and i was like I don't know. God just didn't really speak to me through that. And I was like, I can't believe I just read all these books about David and I just don't really get it. So then I'm like onto Elijah and I get to the part where Elijah's talking about where he like goes to, I don't even know the name of the city, but he goes to the the Israelites and is the Israelites are worshiping Baal. So he's like trying to prove to them that Baal's not a real God and who the real God is. And he builds the two separate altars. Mm Kind of what Gene was talking about two weeks ago and about how, like Elijah started pouring water on the altar and like so much water, like there was like standing and it just seemed like very impossible for that to catch on fire. And I think that that really like resonated with me in my situation. Like I felt like I was in a possible situation where I was in such terrible health and, but I was supposed to go to Nepal and I was supposed to build and do all this stuff. And then Elijah prays his prayer about not even really asking God for fire. He just asked God to, to do whatever it takes to turn the hearts of the Israelites towards him. Hmm. And then God sends down the fire and like disintegrates everything. And it was awesome. And that like resonated with me because I felt like God was doing whatever it took to, for me to trust him for, to turn my heart towards him. So he allowed me to go through all that crap with my back and the pain and the depression and the everything and allowed me to go through that and allowed an opportunity for me to put my trust in him to be able to go to Nepal and do crazy amounts of things that I like physically should not have been able to do. Including lifting babies. Lifting baby. I lift, I carried babies. I carried kids. I carried huge bags of dirt on my back. I made hay bales and threw hay bales around like all kinds. I couldn't even do that stuff now, mm-hmm. honestly, <laughs> but I, for whatever reason, like God allowed me to do that in Nepal and it was really, really awesome. So you think that the leaving the phone at the airport was a divine appointment or divine forgetting yeah divine De- misplacement divine disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely even though i was like man i just want to listen to my music i definitely think it was for the best just being able to focus completely on the word of god and focus on like what was happening around me and not be so like distracted by my phone or trying to keep in contact with my family or check on my roommate and ask how my dog was doing and stuff like that i remember when you did your blog post about that miracle really and um your dad shared it and that's how i first found it and his caption was i believe in the impossible or i believe in the impossible again or something and i clicked on it and I, um i'm going to quote you <laughs> well first of all you highlighted first kings 1837 yeah i don't know if you know it by heart i've got it pulled up i kind of got my own version of it but... go ahead no, that's what I have memorized. My <laughs> well, because you you found that because you had no phone and you were reading the Bible, right? That's yeah. kind of how you, mm-hmm. you came across the First Kings stuff. 
But in your newsletter, it says, He did the impossible for me to turn my heart towards him. He gave me the strength to make hundreds of hay bales, carry heavy bags of dirt, lift children into the air, sleep on mud floors, hike to temples with no money, no (laughs) medicine, no phone, just faith and complete trust in what he was doing in me. Most of that stuff I can't do on my healthiest day, wouldn't want any part of. The standout line from the first time we had you on the podcast was, he can't be your Lord if you say no. Yeah. I didn't come up with that line, but yeah. Right. It was, yeah, you you attributed it to the speaker. But that stuck with you. It stuck with, I mean, Gene preached it the next week after he heard the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Um, And this is another, we had an episode before the current mission trip to Mazatlan, and I asked Mad. And she said, well, to be honest, I didn't want to go. But I kind of ran out of nose. She's got back trouble as well. Yeah. I've got some health stuff. And I, I was thinking when I was praying about going to Mazatlan, well, what about this and what about that? The list doesn't compare to what you had <laughs> going on in your life headed to Nepal with less of a support system with a much longer period of time. You said a month? Yeah, I was, I was in Nepal for about a month. Yeah. yeah. I'm reminded of how sometimes we come to knowledge in stages the spiritual truths that you had uncovered the first time that we had you on, there was another level for you. And you were saying, I didn't know God, but I've now come to this knowledge. You were growing in leadership at the time and all the steps that you took towards that. And then in 2019 brought a crazy different story (laughs) for you. Mm -hmm. To the point where you're, what, it was bitter, too strong of a word at God? Uh, Oh, yeah. You were bitter in the springtime. And, And then he brought you through it. He taught you this. So, like you said... You were kind of granted that reprieve with your health and the things you could do while you were gone, but that didn't mean that your back was 100% better. Yeah. Uh, so maybe pick it back up right there. Yeah. So then, like, coming back from that, I started working in a different department, and it was on my feet a lot, and my, I felt like my back went, like, right back where I was right before I went to Nepal. And it was just hurting really bad, and I was trying to take medicines, I was trying different exercises, and tried therapy again, and nothing was really working, and just felt very overwhelmed, and felt like I couldn't be myself with the amount of pain that I was experiencing. And even though, like, I I really just wanted God to heal me, I was like, I so many people prayed. I know that like everyone here has been praying, everyone, all my family, everyone in Mexico has been like, I've had so many people pray for me, and nothing's really happened, and. Yeah, it's been really encouraging to know that, but it was, like, physically, like, nothing's changed. So then, um, yeah, I just got to the point where I was just, like, just couldn't even feel like myself because I was just in pain every single day, and I hated the work that I was doing, which, I mean, I could have had a better attitude, but, you know, it's hard to have a good attitude when, like, oh, my Mm -hmm. back is killing me, and I feel like I can't stand up anymore. So then I just sought out some counsel and was like, I'm thinking about maybe going home for a little bit. I do have like a solid reason. Like I want to go home for my back, but I don't want it to be an emotional choice where I'm just upset with my, the work that I'm doing right now, or I didn't want it to be an emotional choice. I wanted it to be a wise one. And they agreed with me and they're like, yeah, maybe it's time to just like take a little time off. Maybe it's not time to leave permanently. If that is what you decide to do, that's okay. And yeah, basically it just encouraged me and it was like, yeah, it's okay. And then right after that, I called my mom to like 
tell her what I thought. And before I even like spoke it out, she said the exact same thing mm. to me. It was like, yeah, maybe like maybe it'd be a good idea to think about coming home and just with timing and everything. So I was like, okay, yeah, that's confirmation. My mom agrees with me. And so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. So then I, like a month later, just, I got all my stuff and well, not all of it. I can't carry all my stuff. So back to backpack in a small suitcase and came home. Are you still paying rent on your apartment in Mazatlan? I am still paying rent on my apartment. So the fundraising doesn't really stop at this point, correct? correct. Or how, how are you handling that? Um, um, I'm doing okay. My rent isn't that much, so I've been able to pay that every month. And I've started working a little bit to help out with that and so I can have Christmas and enjoy some stuff while I'm home. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, I won't put you on the spot and ask what's next or your hopes and dreams or your timeline. We're glad to have you. Mazatlan's loss temporarily is our gain temporarily, so it's mm-hmm. cool to have you. And this is probably a good... I mean, there's a lot more there, I, I realize, but this is probably a good time to make the transition. Um, so, not to put words in your mouth, but for lack of a better word, you're kind of a missionary on the bench right now. And I don't know if that is accompanied by any frustration or, and and I don't even, that's not really a question I I need to ask, but I was so encouraged by what Alicia shared three weeks ago or so at Current. So what we'll do is, um, (laughs) I'll give Alicia a second to remember what she said. We'll take a break and be back with the next chapter of Michael's story on the Big C Little C podcast. Hey, this is Gene, the front man at Current Church, and glad you found our podcast. You can hit me up directly, uh, gene at currentchurch.net. Love to field any questions you might have regarding me or the church or anything that's happening there. So I hope you'll enjoy the podcast every time you get a chance to tune in. Hope you learn something from it. Hope you figure out a little bit more about who we are. If you ever want to visit us, you can find us at 230 Commerce Drive. We meet at The Gear in Franklin, 6 p.m. on Sunday nights. You can sleep in, come hang out on Sunday night. It's what I do. (laughs) You can visit our website, currentchurch.net. We're on all the social medias. We're really not on all the social medias, but we are on Facebook and we are on Instagram. Instagram at currentchurchfranklin, Facebook slash currentchurch. This is my best radio voice. The NPR voice requires you to get really close. You have to get really close for the NPR voice. This is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. For those who are at Current Church circa Halloween 2019, uh, we had a testimony from Alicia speaking about Michael and what had happened at the WAC retreat, the WAC fall retreat, and how Michael's ministry is continuing on, even though she is in the States instead of Mexico right now, and how blessed she was. The rest of us didn't get to hear it. Um, Alicia, do you remember the gist of what your <laughs> what yeah. your message was that night? So generally what I was wanting to say is just that we at Current are very lucky and very blessed because we have been able to send Michael to a place that has helped her grow spiritually and in maturity and in so many different ways. But we've invested in, in Michael's ministry and we've made it a priority. And um, by sowing the seeds of just friendship and financial blessing and all sorts of things, um, we are 
the ones who also get to reap the benefit. And Michael is good ground, and she is a good leader, and she has an understanding of who God is that is unique and different from maybe our perspective here for those who have been with Current every week for all the all this time that you've been in Mexico, Michael. So, yeah, I mean, I was just really blessed to see you preach and to just hear from your heart at uh, the women's retreat just because it was almost like it was coming full circle. You know, we sent you out and we've been praying for you and then you come back and you pour into us. Um, I mean, it was just a, a beautiful thing. So for anyone who didn't get to hear the women's retreat message. Um, This is a chance for all of us just to uh, hear a little bit from Michael's heart and just to understand what she's been thinking about, what God's been showing her, and just what the theme of the retreat was, which was um, honey. Mm -hmm. What is the theme verse? Do you know it? Um, Yeah, so the women's retreat was based off of Proverbs 16, 24, and it's talking about how like our words are gracious and are like honey and can be healing to the soul. So that's kind of what we based our women's retreat off of. And I made a message about that. And like for me, hearing God's voice and communicating with God and having a relationship with God is like very close to my heart. And that's my heart for other people to be able to hear God's voice for themselves. So I started doing a lot of research on honey and how it's made. And um, God really actually spoke to me through that. I watched a video about how honey was made and like started reading the passage again. And I was like, oh, like this kind of goes hand in hand. (laughs) And I had no idea. So it was kind of fun to uh, put everything together. So yeah, we watched a uh, video about how honey was made. And it talks about how First, the um, the bees, they have to go and find a flower and draw the nectar from the flower. Then they bring it back to the hive, and then they, like, um, it's kind of gross, but they, like, chew it up and then spit it into each other's mouths and whatnot, and it kind of, like, thickens up, and then they put it into uh, the little honeycombs, and then they beat their wings really hard, and it helps evaporate the water, so it gets, like, really concentrated and really, uh, like, thick, and it kind of stays in its place. Um, And then they make, like, so much honey, way more than they need. I don't remember what the percentage is. Do you remember? No, it's a lot. It's, like, 90-something percent they don't need. Yeah, and I was like, wow, that's really crazy that, which... That's good for us. We get lots of honey. (laughs) Um, So I started going back over that verse. And um, so I was thinking about how if we're the honeybee, then we have to go and find a flower to draw nectar. So, but there's like a hundred different kinds of flowers. How are you supposed to know like, okay, this one has like really good nectar or this one's not. And, And then I remembered also while I was in Nepal, we were we were in this village and this little old woman was making us breakfast every morning and she would make these flat little, almost like a tortilla, but a bit more chewy. And they were very bland, very plain. And she gave us some honey to put on it and it was delicious. Um, but then one morning we ran out of honey. So someone ran into town and got some. And so we go in like normal and put a bunch of honey on it. And they're like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Uh, yeah, don't put that much honey on there. And like, what are you talking about? Like, like oh well this isn't normal honey it's jungle honey i'm like okay like what's the difference like well if you have too much of it you can have like hallucinations and i was like what the heck that's so crazy (laughs) so i started doing a little bit of research on that and it turns out 
it's like that because the kind of flower that the bees get the honey from are have those hallucinogenic properties in it. So then it makes the honey, because it's all like concentrated in stuff, it makes you have hallucinations. So we have to like find the right kind of flower to make our honey from. So there's so many different flowers and to make honey from and not all of them are good so how do we know which ones are good if we're so if that's supposed to be like hearing the voice of god how do we know what's the voice of god and that kind of thing so sometimes there are bad flowers like there's those you know those verses that sometimes pastors use like as a like to encourage you but it's not sometimes taking out of context like there's the like the verse in psalms and it says like the lord wants to give you the desires of your heart and yeah that's really cool but I don't know. That isn't, that's not like the whole story. If you look at it in context, it talks about submit to yourself, submit yourself to God and he will give you the desires of your heart. But like if the desire of my heart is, I don't know, something ridiculous, like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, um, I wanted, I said, I said, Oh, if I want to marry like Billy Bob, but that's the desire of my heart. And I just like, Oh, I just have to follow God and he's going to let me marry Billy Bob. But that's not how it goes. It's like, no, submit yourself to the Lord. And then when you submit yourself, then the desires of your heart become the Lord's desires as well. So yeah, I might have a desire to get married to Billy Bob, but if I submit myself to God, he's like, he's going to give me the desire to get married to the right man. That kind of a thing. If Billy Bob is listening. (laughs) (laughs) He is. He's very sad. But I think what you said at the retreat was it crosses the line into manipulation. Yeah. When we look at it like, okay, if I just do what God says, then he'll give me what I want. That's not the point. But that's, people think of it that way sometimes because they just don't, they've never thought about it. They haven't gotten good teaching or, yeah. um, I mean, it's all sorts of reasons. But I feel like that was a good example at the retreat of the difference between like prayer and yeah. submission and then manipulation. Right. So if you're searching for God's voice and like a pastor says that verse and you're like, oh, yes, now I'm going to marry Billy Bob. Well, maybe it's like, yeah, that's God's word, but maybe you should go back and read it for yourself and allow God to speak to you through the whole verse. And maybe you'll get a little bit more truth from that. So then we're trying to learn and like know what, like, what is God's voice sound like? What does that look like? And we can learn to recognize God's voice we can learn to recognize the flower by its characteristics. And so there's tons of different examples of God's characteristic in the Bible. Like, like in John one, like the first couple of verses, it talks about how like God is in the word and the word is alive and how he's the light and how the light casts out darkness. Like those are all characteristics of God and God is love. And so if you hear a word from someone or um, from a pastor and you're like, okay, does that line up with God's character? And if it does, and you like feel confident in that, then like, okay, yeah, that's the right flower. That's God's voice. I know what that sounds like. But we can also like recognize God by just just by spending time with Him, like because that's how you get to know someone. That's how you get to know, like if you're married, that's how you know your spouse is by spending time with them. Time equals relationship. So spending time with God is the exact same thing, and that's probably the best way to hear God's voice is just by spending time with him. You could recognize his voice. Um, you know, like, like if you're in a grocery store or something and you kind of like wander off into your own thing. And as soon as you hear your mom call your name, like, you know, it's your mom, (laughs) like you can pick it out of a crowd and like, Oh, okay. (laughs) It's the same way with God. Like you can pick out his voice if you spend enough time around him. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, there's lots of different ways that we can spend time with them. Um, and it should be done every day. I remember, uh, I think it was last year, um, my friends, they still do it. Uh, my closest friends, Josh and Gertie, if you're listening, hey. <laughs> um, but they open their house every single morning at 4.30 in the morning. And it's just an open time for people to come and spend time with God in their own way. But it's they do it together, so this has a lot of accountability. So I would go every morning. I couldn't get there at 4.30 because I had to get ready for the day, so I got there at 5. And I'd be there from 5 to 7 every single morning. Slacker. Uh, okay. Right, 5 o'clock. <laughs> I would wake up at 4.30, and I would get dressed, brush my teeth. I needed to take a shower. I'd take a shower, and then I'd be at their house at 5. So I just couldn't bring myself to wake up at four to get ready <laughs> but um so yeah and I think that that was like one of the times I felt like so like my, my relationship with God was super solid was when I was doing that every single day and spending those early mornings with God um it is a hard habit but I think it's one of the best habits is worth the sacrifice and like yeah would you <laughs> like getting to spend alone time with God for the first part of your day is probably the like most essential part of your day. It just makes it better. So there's lots of different ways. So spending time with God, you can worship, you can read your Bible, you can journal and just talk to God. I think journaling is like one of the best ways just because it's a physical way to like get your thoughts out and like allow God to flow through you and have him respond. Like that's what this whole journal is about is just like me and God talking back and forth, almost like a text message, Mm. which I thought was kind of crazy the first time I heard that. But then I tried it and I was like, Holy crap, this is super awesome. So, so tell (laughs) us more about how you do that. So when you go to write in your journal, you write something like, Hey God, I'm super tired and I'm really mad about my back. And then what happens? And then, then God responds. It's usually, maybe it was something that I read earlier in that day, and then God is reminding me of something that I read, or even sometimes it's just like a thought that I didn't think. I know it's kind of hard to explain, but God can speak through our spirits, mm-hmm. and because He's a spirit and so are we, that He can speak that way. And sometimes it's a thought where, like, okay, yeah, I there's no way that I thought of that. And like... I don't know. The more you do it, the easier it gets. And I think that's why the journaling bit is so good. So you just write it down, whatever that thought is that you didn't think. And then you respond back to whatever that thing that God said was. Right. So if he says, yeah, I know, I'm sorry. Um, why don't you drink some water? Like you said at the retreat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, hey, I'm not feeling good. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Why don't you drink some water? And then you write like, okay, I just drank some water. <laughs> I still feel bad. He's like, okay, well, why don't you take a nap? Yeah. Okay, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So crazy. Or even in, like, dreams. I remember one morning, one of those early mornings, I I woke up, or I thought I woke up, and I was just so tired, and I didn't feel good, and I had a dream that my friend Gertie, like, came in and was like, it's okay, just go ahead and sleep until 5, and I'll come and wake you up. But all of that was a dream, and I woke up on my own without an alarm at 5 so I could get up and go. And I was like, okay, obviously that was God that came in and was like, it's okay, today's going to be a hard day, so sleep for a couple minutes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's lots of different ways to spend time with God, and that's how we gather the nectars, by spending time and, yeah, pulling out those words and just having a relationship with God. That's how we gather nectar as, as little bees. 
And then, so then after the bees collect the nectar, then they bring it back to the hive and they do, do like their weird chewing thing and whatever. So they're like, I kind of like related that back to like meditating and uh, the Bible talks about like meditating on the word of God and just allowing it to soak in and concentrate. Like what I was saying, when the bees like flap their wings over it and it gets, the word gets like super concentrated and strong and the bees make like so much honey that they don't even use it all. So then we get to use it, which is awesome. Um, I thought that was interesting. Um, the point you made at the women's retreat that um, like the more you meditate, which really just means like think and pray about a scripture, yeah, the more it means to you and the more you see it in different areas of your life. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe you didn't say this, maybe I just thought about this when you were talking, <laughs> but like the part where they like chew it up and like put it in each other's mouths and stuff, uh-huh. it's weird, but like that reminded me of just when we talk to each other about what God's doing and the word he's given us and all sorts of things like there's a process there to digesting the word of god that leads to that honey like the really valuable concentrated like the true essence of what he's saying yeah exactly and then so yeah we have that true essence of what he's saying and we're allowing it to like to heal us that's one of the awesome things about honey is that it like heals it says it in the bible like Mm -hmm. it talks about healing uh people whether that's physically but actual honey can physically heal you um so i think that's a really cool metaphor um and so yeah when you allow that word to concentrate and you're bouncing it off one another and yeah just allowing it to influence you then you also get to use that to influence other people like earlier when i was talking about nepal and how about that story of elijah how much that impacted me that i like that became honey and it was became something that i could impart on other people like i taught that that whole thing about Elijah and about going through things that are really hard and how God allows us to go through those things that are hard because he wants to do like whatever it's going to take for us to depend on him. And I was able to preach that same message to some women who were, who had been sex trafficked. And so, and then I also got to, I don't know, I just got to like be able to use my experience to pray for another woman who I think she had Lyme disease, something incurable. And I was praying for her and talking about how God wants to use her and wants to use her story to have an impact in her village. And I had a translator translate my prayer, which I don't normally do that because like the prayer is like for God and God understands. But I've just felt like she, there was something that she needed to hear exactly what I was saying, like what I was praying for her. And it had like such a really big, like such a big impact, even though I couldn't understand what she was saying. But, like, I could see that it was impacting her because she was crying and she was, like, um, just, like, listening so intently to the words that I was saying. And that's me being able to use, like, from what I had gathered from God, like, and had meditated on it and talked to my friends about it. And it turned into honey. And then I was able to impart it on some other people while I was in Nepal. And that's, like, the whole point of that verse in Proverbs, which talks about, like honey being healing to the soul it's being able to share it with other people and then like in matthew that says it says that we're supposed to do that it says in matthew 4 4 that man cannot live on bread alone but on the word of god and part of the way that people hear god is through us and the way we live and the way that we talk and the way that we pray for them and that's how we share that honey because we don't really need all of it because we, we have too much of it. If we're spending enough time with God, we're going to have way too much for ourselves. And it, we have to be able to share it with other people. 
So, yeah, that was like the main message that was at the women's retreat. So one really cool thing about the retreat was we were able to schedule it where um, we had some time to talk with each other about how we hear God's voice, if we've heard God's voice, um, what we think God's talking to us about uh, before your sermon. And then we had our evening service where you shared your message. And then Michael invited everybody to join her at 6 a.m. from 6 to 8 for a extended um, quiet time, just like you have in Mexico, yeah. uh, where it was just everybody's doing their own quiet time, but we're all in the same room together and like keeping each other accountable and um, just kind of having that experience together, which I was really encouraged to see so many people. I think almost everybody participated. Yeah. Um, and I know it was really encouraging for me, but how did you feel about you know being able to lead that quiet time and do you feel that it was um similar to what you'd experienced in mexico or yeah i think uh i was also surprised that everyone showed up because i knew it was really early and we had stayed up late the night before um i honestly i didn't really want to get up because i, I was so sick <laughs> <laughs> that's right i forgot <laughs> michael got sick from my chili but it's not because of my cooking no it was because my my stomach just couldn't handle it um but I had felt really sick, and I was like, uh, this is exactly like exactly what the devil wants is for me to feel sick and not wake up for this early morning that I initiated. And I was like, uh, so I have to get up. I got up, and I got down there a little bit later than everyone else, because everyone was already down there by the time I had gotten down there. And so I was really surprised how many people were. And, um, yeah, we all just kind of sat there quietly. Some people were listening to music. Some people were reading their Bible. Some people were journaling. And it was awesome just to like, like something that I had experienced in Mexico, something I had learned and been able to see it transferred here with the people that I've like known for several years and be able to have that quiet time with them was just very special. It was very intimate and yeah, just a really unique experience. It was awesome. And I loved it. Yeah, that's it too. And I really felt that the, um, the, the women at current church are really hungry for the word of God. And I think everybody is, but we want to hear from him and we're willing to get up early. I mean, I think I only slept like five hours that night and do what it takes to, to know God and know him better and deeper and in a new way. And so that was really awesome just for my heart to see uh, the women respond like that. That was just really cool. It was super awesome. Um, One of the really cool things that we did at the women's retreat is well, before Alicia Daniel came over to my house and we spent like all day making these journals, like handmade journals to give to the women. And honestly, I didn't think we were going to get it done because it, it just took forever. (laughs) (laughs) It was a long time. That was a long day. (laughs) Yeah. But we got them all done and, uh, we were able to give each of the women like a handmade, like journal and I'd like prayed about like, Hey, like who's going to get this journal? Some of them had pictures, some of them had words on it. And, Um, like one of the things that I told the women during their quiet time was to ask God, like why they received the journal that they received. And a lot of them like after like, Hey, God told me that it was because of this, this or that, or, Ooh, I know why you gave me this one. God told me da 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 da. I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah, that was really cool. It's true. Cause they are all like, Michael, well, why did you give this to me? And you're like, Nope. Ask God. Yeah. Then we can talk about it. (laughs) I just love to see that. Just again, like that's just evidence of the ways you've grown in leadership and in, you know, just your spiritual understanding of the role you had at the retreat. 
it was just cool for me to see. I just <laughs> loved it. So, yeah. You're 22. Yeah. Do you know any other 22 year olds who were leading in their own quiet confidence in the ways that Michael? Not is? that many. <laughs> what is that song? It's like nobody likes you when you're 23 or something. <laughs> Michael's not 23 yet, but <laughs> I'm getting there. Um, but yeah, I, I really have just been just so impressed with your maturity and I'll stop making you blush right around now because I know you're like rolling your eyes and like stop talking but <laughs> um, <laughs> but I just I just want to like on you on behalf of you just to thank everyone who has been supporting you um, while you've been in Mexico and and right now and just through all the process you've gone through because I think at current we have a really unique understanding of what missions looks like and what it means to um really support somebody through their walk with God and that like your heart Michael comes first in our minds and then also the work you're doing but like we want to see you grow and develop and that's worth the investment and so that makes me really excited to see the fruit of that investment that we've been able to make into your life and ministry yeah I'm super thankful for that as well because I think that without people being able to invest in me like with prayer or finances like I would have never been able to get to this point in my relationship with God um I think being being away even though it's really hard I think has really stretched me and grown me to yeah be able to have the relationship that I have with God and um yeah I wouldn't be the person that I am today if I wasn't if I didn't have the support of the people that I do. And we're grateful for that overflow honey you know coming <laughs> on back to current it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess 2019 hasn't really resembled probably what you thought it was going to look like <laughs> in the very not. first month you get the injury. <laughs> then um, by October, you're back home and preaching at a whack retreat. <laughs> well, first of all, you come home and your family lives in an eight-frame house in Martinsville, Indiana. Yeah, that was <laughs> Martinsville. <Surprise>. Martin, Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think will be the one prevailing lesson you take out of this year? I think there's a couple, but I think we'll the, take a couple. <laughs> um, yeah, just learning to trust God and trusting Him even through the hard things. I think that's probably the most important thing that I've learned. That even when I don't really feel like trusting God, even when I really don't feel like worshiping God, because I'm I might be a little mad at Him, that like He's not going to allow me to go any go through anything that's going to separate me from Him. And if I am separate, separated, air quotes, separated from him, that is my own fault because I chose that. Um, so if I choose, as long as I choose to stay with God, that he's going to be on my side and he's going to get me through whatever, whatever it is, whether it's good or bad, he's going to allow me to get through it. And I think that even that's applying to my life now while I'm home and I'm not really sure what I'm doing and uh, living with my family again and it, you know, I love it and hate it at the same time but I'm just allowing God to like trusting in God and knowing that he has me home for a reason even if it's cause, just because I'm in pain but I'm also enjoying being with my family just trusting that whatever I'm going through is because God wants to teach me something through it and uh, be able to spread that honey around and if I can if I have any which I'm sure I do because we have more than we need that's so true that's good. right yeah I said I wouldn't put you on the spot, so I won't. But for four of those Michael from Mazatlan supporters, what's your message to them and, and what prayer requests remain? Obviously, we're praying for a complete healing in your back. What else? Yeah, um, a lot of prayer. I'm just, yeah, healing from my back for sure and just wisdom and knowing what's the right thing to do for that, whether that's physical therapy or 
I don't even know. I'm going to a chiropractor later this week, so maybe that'll give some answers. But yeah, prayer for wisdom for that. And also just prayer for guidance for like what my next step is. I know that right now while I'm home, like it's very specific just to rest and to heal. And maybe that's why I don't necessarily know what's coming, but um, just pray that God would when he reveals that for it to be very obvious so that I can't just ignore it. <laughs> um, that's what I'm, that's kind of the next thing. Cause I don't know what the next thing is. So pray for that. I think this is a timely message for current. I am, uh, I'm glad Alicia, you said something in our gatherings so we could have this episode. I was excited to try something a little bit different. I think it turned out really well. Thank you yeah. for helping to facilitate. And thank you, Michael, for making yeah. the, the cold wintry drive. From <laughs> yes. <laughs> listening to Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. For more information, visit currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Current Church is located in Franklin, Indiana and meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear. Theme music written and performed by Still the Hand, imaging by Jessica Albertson. Please join us next time for more conversations on Big C, Little C.